0: Hello, and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series and podcast. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Sam Westrop, head of the Islamist Watch Project here at the Middle East Forum, join us to discuss Americans versus Europeans, who deals with it better with Islamism. Mr. Westrop will be speaking for 15 minutes and over questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Mr. Sam Westrop.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Stacey. Um, you might have noticed we're talking less about Islamism. Not the Middle East Forum. We still we still talk about it plenty, but society as a whole, America as a whole, is is dealing less with the question of radical Islam. Um, you'll see it mentioned less often in your newspapers. Uh, You'll see politicians on both sides of the aisle fail to mention Islamism and even less of a focus on matters such as um, Islamophobia, as so often pushed by the far left and and Islamists as well. Um, Even groups set up to oppose radical Islam, groups like uh, Act for America, for example, no longer focus on questions of radical Islam, uh, but other issues now, now consume them. 20 years, over 20 years since 9-11, America is no longer talking about Islamism. Um, The Middle East Forum is. We think it still matters. We think it's still very important. We think, if anything, um, the risk of Islamists affecting real change in the country is greater now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, So the question is why, especially when you compare this to Europe, where every day, Islamism continues to be a talking point. Uh, front page headlines in Le Monde, in the Times of London, Le Figaro deal with the question of Islamism, the threat of Islamism, radicalised domestic uh, Muslim populations, the dangers of foreign foreign influence, the problems of young European Muslims committing terror acts at home or running off to join terror groups abroad. These these subjects still matter. Um, politicians are still consumed with the issue of legislation in France being brought forward recently. Government inquiries in the UK concluding that Islamism remained a very clear and persistent danger to Europe and to to uh, the West as a whole. So, is Europe just doing worse? Is Islamism just worse there? Has has America won? Has it has it defeated Islamism? No, no. Um, the United States is in a better place. Uh, I think that's clear, um, but the threat is still there, uh, and Europe sees the future very differently to the United States. So now the question is: is why? Uh, Europe has good, good cause to be to be more concerned, or at least to be publicly concerned. Uh, perhaps the biggest driving force is the demographics question, uh, proportional to population. Europe simply has more Muslims, and with more Muslims, um, at the moment, you get more Islamists. Uh, Under 2% of the American population is is Muslim. It's uh, almost 7% in Britain, uh, almost 10% in France, if not a little bit more. So the numbers are are simply different. Uh, Muslims exert a greater influence on uh, political and societal discussions in Europe, and as a result, Islamists exert a greater influence as well but what proportion of those large muslim populations are indeed islamist to what extent do islamists rule the roost in these in these in these western european countries well far too much um, we can never tell exactly the polling the statistics the data just isn't there but we can make some pretty good guesses for one thing and where Europe differs enormously to the US is that European Islam is simply more homogenous. Unlike the US, Western European countries, Muslim populations tend to be of one ethnicity, or at least a majority of one ethnicity. Uh, British Muslims are South Asian, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. French Muslims are North African, German Muslims tend to be Turkish and, and, and so on. Uh, and when you have this concentrated, homogenized Muslim community, all the easier for a single Islamist group to take it over. So in the UK, that South Asian Muslim population is taken over, taken over by South Asian Islamist networks groups such as the Day of Andes. In France, where you have this heavily North African population, it's North African Islamist movements that take over uh uh the running of things in this case in france often the muslim brotherhood and various salafi movements uh in germany with its turkish population not much of a surprise to learn that turkish islamism has uh uh, a very strong presence in the country the us is different it is diverse Uh, there are muslims and therefore islamists from all corners of the world but they compete and because they compete, no one is in charge. There's a bit of free market <laughs> ideological competition going on that prevents uh single Islamist voices from making themselves known. And when there's a single Islamist voice, as there are is in Europe, that can really impose itself upon a community and take charge and use that community to advance its agenda, suddenly Muslims become a lot more visible in the country because you have a political force driving every public expression uh of 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 that country's Muslims, as opposed to someone like the US, where Islam is 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 less clear, it's less clear cut, it's less apparent. Um, when we refer to a Muslim community, who are we referring to? Is it the south asian muslims the arab muslims the far eastern muslims the huge number of, of of black americans who converted to islam in the last 30 40 years so there's a huge variety in the us that you just don't really have in europe but europe has has suffered because of this homogeneity not only have the islamists uh taken over these uh communities but it's also led to, to incidents of ghettoization. And I think this is frequently referred to or has been in the past as no-go zones in Europe, which I never think is entirely the right term. Um, uh, There are very few things that can stop one going to so-called no-go zones in Europe, other than the usual threats that might say someone visiting Baltimore or certain parts of Baltimore also face. Uh, here in the US. There are unpleasant parts of of Britain and France, certainly. And where those unpleasant parts happen to be Muslim-run, there are these ghettoised communities that are frightening. Um, One example, of course, is the suburbs of Paris, uh, where frequent rioting and violence, often Islamists involved, takes place. Then there's towns in northern England where uh, clerics and activists from groups like the Day of sect control the entire town. A saddle town in the, in the northern English town of Dewsbury is a good example of this. So you get this ghettoization in Europe as a result of this more homogenized Muslim community that is less apparent in the United States. Um, again i would suggest because of the diversity of the u.s population contrasted with the homogeneity of the european one there are a few exceptions to this in the u.s perhaps um, increasingly it's looking like places like hamtramck um, in, in in michigan uh, are increasingly looking like a, a bit of an islamist run fiefdom with an all muslim city council that's run by a mayor who's corrupt, who advances Islamist ideas, who embraces uh, hateful, anti-Semitic concepts as well, and oversees a population that is this is about 50% Muslim in that in that city. So there are examples of this ghettoization beginning to take place, Islamist ghettoization, but it's just not to the same extent as it, as it is in, in Europe. So again, European Islam is visible, deeply visible, um, whether that's the uh, uh, tightly uh, controlled political face of Islam, Islamist control of these homogenous communities, or it's this more uh, uh, ghettoised Islam that that frequently makes the news there due to the fear that it might evoke in the local community. Um, Islam is more visible in Europe, um, and with that visibility, becomes problems you've you've heard of: um, huge numbers of Muslims running to join the Islamic State during. Uh, that terrorist groups uh uh particular time a uh, huge number of, of 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 Muslims expressing hateful thoughts towards uh the rest of uh Western Europe's population often vividly captured in polls and surveys of their views on women on Jews on uh, on on Sharia and on, and other matters so the other angle to all this is bad political ideas and to what extent Europe previously has enabled this to happen has enabled Islamist control and uh, discontented, dissatisfied, despairing Islamists and a Muslim population to advance hateful and horrible ideas. And a number of very bad political ideas that have existed in in Europe uh, that haven't really come to fruition in the US have really assisted Islamist advancement uh, in the continent. So for example, uh, multiculturalism. Now, When I say multiculturalism, I'm not referring to a general system of diversity. Uh, I'm referring to a distinct political idea developed in the 70s and implemented very much in the 80s and 90s all across Europe. And this is the idea that one should no longer see individual citizens as individual citizens, but as members of distinct communities, ethnic communities, religious communities, racial communities. So Um, certain European countries, starting off locally and then often it became national policy, began to think of their of their electorate not as these people, but as blacks, as Muslims, as Sikhs, as Hindus, as Asians, and so on. Um, there was never a particularly strong rhyme or reason to whether they would just view them religiously through a religious lens or just through an ethnic lens, but but you know across the continent of Western Europe um, this became the norm. And where this really took off was after the Salman Rushdie affair, after British Muslims, Deo Bandi, British Muslims, organized riots in collaboration with Islamists from around the world against Salman Rushdie's book, The Satanic Verses, and famously burnt it uh, in the streets of of British cities. Um, The local government responded by rewarding one of the chief organizations behind this protest. It gave them money, it gave them political power. This was multiculturalism, And they decided that it's best to deputize the social services needed by uh, citizens to community leadership. So who did they choose? They choose the group that was most visible at the time, the group that had just organized riots against Simon Rushdie, Islamists did terribly well from the Salman Rushdie Affair. They legitimized themselves as leaders of British Islam, and then the British authorities rewarded them with money and political power because they considered these groups to be the voices of British Islam under multiculturalism ideas. uh, That was the best way to delegate the distribution of social services to to the British population. Um, There have been plenty left-wing Uh, And indeed, Muslim critiques of this system and the the damage that it's done. And if you're interested in it, I particularly recommend the writings of the left wing commentator Kenan Malik on this subject. But on the the subject of Islamism, um, uh, there is no doubt that multiculturalism has benefited uh, Islamist movements and groups enormously across Western Europe over the last 30, 40 years. Um, We're not just talking about the political power, we're talking about hundreds of millions Uh, of dollars moving into the pockets of these groups. It's difficult to find an Islamist group in Europe that hasn't at some point received EU monies or uh, national government monies or indeed just local city or council money. So um, this has been hugely damaging for the the counter-Islamist cause and hugely beneficial for um, uh, Islamists everywhere. There are other bad political ideas as well. Uh, in Europe that allowed Islamism to flourish and there's some more there. Um, one big one is the lack of a First Amendment equivalent in, in, in Europe or rather the point that freedom from offense so often supersedes um, uh, freedom of expression. Uh, so the ability for states to prosecute people that Islamists don't like, say on charges of Islamophobia. Is, is one point. But the, the, the bigger issue is the self-censorship that arises. Those who would criticize Islamist groups and those who would be more willing to attack Islamism are less so because there's that underlying fear, that underpinning notion that criticism of a theocratic idea uh, may land them in trouble with the state on a lack of freedom of expression grounds. So, so this is this is an issue that, again, both the left and the right have noted over the years, but no one has really done uh, too much uh, uh, about. There are a few other um, factors as well worth mentioning that I'll mention uh, very briefly. Um, in Europe, religion and state is far more intertwined. Um, uh, in Britain, for example, there was a scandal uh, some years ago called the Trojan. Uh, horse affair and it emerged that Islamists had been taking over British state schools to advance their agenda. These state schools were in fact faith schools because Britain, half of British schools are in fact religious schools. The, half of British public schools are in fact uh, religious public schools, supposedly run by local church parishes, but Islamist found them very easy to take over. And used to advance very hardline ideas within their community, uh, an entire system ready and waiting to, to radicalize local Muslim populations. Um, there's less of that problem here in the US, thanks to separation of, of church uh, and state. Uh, and then, of course, there's the other huge one, which is the question of continued mass immigration. Not to say that mass immigration isn't a, a matter here in the US, but it's very different in Europe, uh, where so much of it is directly from. Uh, Muslim countries in North Africa uh, and the Middle East uh, that have led to enormous uh, dissent and political uh, rupture uh, uh, across the continent. So, Europe had all these bad ideas to deal with, it had all these bad Islamists to deal with, and it now seems to have realized, finally, that something has gone terribly wrong. Perhaps it was the the huge number of Muslims joining the Islamic State uh, five, 10 years ago, or perhaps it was simply the huge number of uh, terror cases that security services had to keep an eye on and, and folks on terror watch lists and, and, and so on. Or perhaps it was the eventual realization that they could no longer keep sticking their head in the sand and ignoring the warnings that for 30, 40 years, moderate Muslims had been issuing about this danger of Islamism within within their own communities. Um, And a number of things happened over the last few years, which really have shown that Europe is is beginning to accept it's in trouble. Um, Back uh, in 2011-ish, a very prominent speech by David Cameron, the then British Prime Minister, noted that for too long, Europe has ignored the threat of non-violent Islamism, as he called it. By only focus on the jihadists that have ignored the underlying problem the actual islamist ideas that have that have taken over muslim communities he would repeat this theme many times over the next few years of his his, his premiership um that language began to be picked up by other people even even chancellor the the former chancellor merkel of germany noted the, the failings of multiculturalist policy and the problems of, of ghettoized Islamist run areas uh, in, in, in Germany. Uh, France in recent years has begun producing endless legislation designed to push out Islamist influence from the country. It's shut down mosques, it's, it's deported imams, uh, it's done things that um, uh, I don't think America could imagine ever doing, uh, 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 by contrast. And even just in recent weeks, Britain has produced much, several reports on the Urgent need for a revised counter extremism approach. Um, and we wrote about one of these at 24.org. You can read it if you want. Uh, uh, it's called a um, uh, uh, critique of the Prevent Review. Um, and, and so this is this is uh, Europe is, is 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 going to war. It's, 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 it realizes that action needs to be taken. It may be too late, but they're they they certainly believe. Um, uh, there is there is uh, the need and the, uh, that is important to do as much as possible now. And we're starting to see real action on behalf of Europeans. Compare this to America, where, as I mentioned at the beginning, we are not talking about Islamism. Um, it's less of an issue. Uh, it's not on our papers. It's not uh, in our legislation. It's not a matter of either the federal or the state level. It's almost as if Islamism has disappeared within the United States. Um, we see this very differently extremely differently. Uh, America still has an enormous Islamist problem, and just because the jihadist threat appears to have lessened, it will be an enormous mistake, an enormous mistake to assume that the Islamist threat more broadly has lessened. It is still there, but now it operates under the cover of, of lawful behavior, uh, almost entirely. Even groups such as the Salafis, once a reliable provider of jihadists are now, setting up lawful institutions and getting involved in politics and um, setting up enormous networks of institutions that move millions of dollars uh through their, their coffers um every islamist uh, movement that i know of is exploiting the the non system the 501c system is getting involved with media with even groups that 10 years ago would have considered who would, would have considered involvement with these things to be to be innovation, to be uh, uh, working with Kufa with the with non- the unclean non-Muslims, even these hardline once quite more quietest groups are now fully embracing the idea of manipulating Western systems in order to to exploit them and eventually uh, destroy them. so this 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 is across the board. Islamism is evolving dramatically and very fast. Uh, and uh, the effects are not immediately visible in the way they are in Europe. We're not seeing these ghetto communities, we're not seeing jihadist plots to the same degree. Um, instead, what we're seeing is uh, uh, under the covers, of, um, you know, uh, pull back the veil, and we're seeing increased Islamist influence in our media, increased Islamist money in our politics, increased Islamist politicians, we're seeing city councils taken over by Islamists, we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars more uh, be moved through extraordinary uh, systems of financial grant-making foundations and sharia banks and huge new institutions to deal with what's called the sharia economy or the islamic economy all of this is happening across america and as far as i'm aware no one apart from the Middle East forum is looking into this uh no one is reporting this um america has now also become a major uh, uh exporter of islamism Not Saudi or or Qatar or Turkey, but now foreign Islamists turned to American Islamism to help uh, develop uh, extremisms in their own countries. The most stunning example of this, I think, in recent weeks, months, indeed, has been Malaysia, where a new prime minister, Anwar Ibrahim, is not just Malaysian. He's a graduate of a very important Virginia-based Islamist network called the Safa Network. And he is taking ideas conceived of in the hordes of these American Islamist think tanks are now implementing them in Malaysia. So U.S. Islamism, American Islamism, is now exporting extremism to the Far East. Uh, Again, a pretty extraordinary change from just uh, a few years ago. Uh, So we should be concerned, America should be concerned, and we should see Europe and its troubles as a harbinger of problems uh, for the US in the future. Jihad will once again come to America's shores. Such uh, Islamism will not remain lawful forever. Um, But this lawful, the nonviolent Islamism will do its own damage. It will continue to radicalize places like Hamtramck in Michigan, or indeed, Minneapolis in in Minnesota, whole suburbs of Chicago, um, whole suburbs of, of parts of New York. Uh, or indeed South Asian terror finance networks down in Houston all across the country. There are examples of Islamists advancing very dangerous ideas and using the US as a vital hub for money laundering, for terror finance and for the export of terrible, uh, dangerous, theocratic ideas. this will only get worse. Uh, The Middle East Forum is monitoring this. Our our outlet focus on Western Islamism I believe is now the only media outlet apart from the investigative project on terrorism uh, who even try to monitor this this sort of thing. Uh, It's alarming to us that the political class and the media class are not interested. We will continue archiving and noting this material for that moment when one day Journalists and congressmen turn around and say, "Hang on, we've got a serious problem on our hands," and then we'll be there with data uh, and information to to help. But that is should not stop us from now trying to continue to convince these editors, these congressmen, that they are making a grave mistake by focusing uh, on everything but Islamism in the world. And no doubt there are other vitally important political issues going on, especially with foreign global threats of China and Russia and so on, but it would be a very foolish step for anyone to assume that we have any serious amount of time to be complacent about Islamism, Uh, the very opposite is true. Um, And so for more on this, please, you know, read the Middle East forums output, please read, focus on Western Islamism, where we try to provide live news coverage of Islamism in the United States. Um, I'm very happy to answer questions if there are any. Uh, Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. The first question is from Daniel Pipes saying, excellent presentation. Thank you. Uh, You are essentially saying that the turn from violent to nonviolent Islamism has allowed Americans to go to sleep. You said that jihadism will
1: return to the United States.
0: Why do you think so, given how well things are going?
1: Yeah, it's it, that's a, um, a good question. Um, one of the problems with Islamists who try to go legit um, and embrace uh, lawful approaches is that, firstly, it's a temporary measure. Um, we have decades of examples to prove that uh, fact. But secondly... It eventually uh, affects uh, a response from other Islamists who are dissatisfied with the slow-burning nature of the lawful approach uh, and turn again to violence as a way to get things done faster. We've seen that again in the past as well. Indeed, we're beginning to see whispers of that now. There is a growing movement of Islamists who regard the embrace of lawful approaches Uh, to be uh, a betrayal of fundamental Islamic ideas, and they say there's abandonment of jihad, there's abandonment of sharia, as they see it, uh, must be fought. And um, I believe it's only a matter of time before this anger becomes uh, uh, action. There's also the question of uh the changing politics of of american islamism there is growing influence from movements that have more violent histories and more violent affiliations so for example i've mentioned the dayabandis in the uk it also turns out there are quite a lot of day of here in the united states and they're getting wealthier they're getting more powerful and now they have uh, uh the Af- afghanistan as a useful home base as well as an increasingly radicalized pakistan and if you do look at the few Uh, examples of of terror cases that federal law enforcement is investigating at the moment, an increasing number are coming from, uh, well, it's two areas. One is is Hezbollah in Iran, and the other area is South Asian uh, Islamism as as well. So, jihad will return, uh, both as a response to uh, the current Islamist approach and as a consequence, as a development of the current Islamist approach.
0: Thank you so much. And I know your presentation is on Europe and America, but Mike Bayer asks, uh, could you please speak a little bit about uh, Islamist Islamist political infiltration in Canada, in particular in the greater Toronto area uh, with our Omar Al-Ghabra and uh, Iraq, so sorry, Khalid, with their connections to the Muslim Brotherhood and ties to Dearborn Islamists
1: yeah um so canadian islamism is is interesting there's a greater uh, uh, iranian presence, in, in, presence in, in canada so a lot of um my focus in recent years has been looking at some of the iranian activity there but islamists such as the muslim brotherhood such as Jamaat islami such as the Deobandis, also have a pretty strong presence in 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 the country and um, there's this huge battle going on right now um Uh, between the Trudeau government and the the CRA, the Revenue Agency. The CRA has always been pretty good, actually, at going after Islamist charities in Canada, shutting down terror finance examples, uh, highlighting evidence of extremism and so on. The Trudeau government is having none of this and is going after its own department, its own agency, um, backed by by Islamist um, supporters of of Trudeau, or at least Islamists who have aligned themselves with Trudeau. Um, and it really seems they're trying to shut down one of the the most important counter-Islamist government units in Canada perhaps the last counter-Islamist government units in in Canada Um, uh, we'll have a piece coming out about this actually in the next couple of weeks um, looking at why Canada might become a real haven for terror finance and Islamist finance more generally if the Trudeau government is successful in in in, in in clamping down on the, the CRA. But that's just one example of a wider problem. Um, Canada frightens me for the Islamist infiltration uh, reasons, uh, for, for, for two reasons, sorry. Um, one, um, yes, the Trudeau government is very much willing to push the Islamist agenda to satisfy both, uh, it imagines its Muslim demographic and a, a somewhat far left demographic. So that's not just going after the CRA, it's also, um, pushing the Islamophobia agenda, establishing new laws to deal with Islamophobia, uh, appointing an Islamophobia czar, and so on. The other frightening thing, however, about the Canadian about Canadian politics right now is that the Canadian Conservative Party is also getting into bed with the, this is a you know, long gone are the days of, of 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 harper and so on the canadian conservatives now work with muslim brotherhood islamists and again this is a subject we've written on before i would like to write on again the problem with canada and right to counter islamism in canada is that islamists there are incredibly litigious canada has pretty similar libel laws to the uk and canadian islamists take advantage of that and shut down any critique any uh, commentary almost immediately, and in fact, I think pretty much every counter-Islamist the Middle East Forum knows in Canada has been the subject or is currently the subject of of an Islamist-led libel suit. Yeah, Canada worries me. We need to be doing more on this, and we will be publishing more uh, in in up uh, in the upcoming months.
0: Thank you so much. And International Barrister Andrew Rosemarine asks, uh, isn't your presentation a little rose-tinted about Europe? For example, thousands of supporters of the Brotherhood live in the UK, yet British Prime Minister David Cameron and his successors have withheld from the public a classified 2015 report about the Muslim Brotherhood influence in the UK
1: yeah that's 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 true he has and and that 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 falls well that is to say they've published a summary of the report they haven't published the full report the, the background to this being that there were fears it would upset Britain's gulf partners particularly the emiratis and the saudis because even though the emiratis and the saudis now take a somewhat anti-brotherhood approach um the report pointed out how Close, ostensibly, The report pointed out how closely the Muslim Brotherhood in Europe had been funded by these two countries in the past. So there was um, a lot of internal white war fighting on that. There was also some questionable people in the Home Office, the UK Home Office, who just really didn't want this report published because they thought it was playing into a right-wing agenda to focus on the Muslim Brotherhood and so on. Yes, I am being a little rose into perhaps about Europe. Um, uh, what I mean to say about Europe is that I admire the fact they finally have worked out why they were being so stupid and so short sighted about this threat to say that they are doing everything right would be would be untrue, uh, they continue not to do enough. Um, uh, immigration is perhaps one example of this, although I I prefer to really to look at the failure to shut down Islamist financial networks. Um, Europe has, European politics has the clout to do this, unlike the US where it's pretty hard to shut down a charity here unless it's engaged in terrorism or outright criminality, in Europe it's much easier to shut down non-profits and the Islamists, uh, various Islamist networks, especially in the UK, especially the Muslim Brotherhood in the UK, uh, make heavy use of the non-profit system to move money to advance their cause. Um, and to advance our ideas. so um Europe could be doing a huge amount more no doubt uh and it doesn't stop there it, it, it continues with with ending uh ridiculous discussions about Islamophobia or or continuing to appoint Islamists to certain political office and so on. no Europe still has problems, no doubt um fundamentally, however, it has recognized as a problem and it has understood that some of its previous policies, were the very bad ideas that helped exacerbate this problem. So even if we shouldn't admire Europe necessarily, we can learn from it. That would be my advice.
0: Great advice. All right, and before we go, I know you mentioned it at the end of your lecture, but can you tell our viewers where we can find some more of your work?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I am the director of the islamist Watch project at the Middle East Forum. So you can find my colleagues and my writings at meforum.org. But uh we are also very keen on our new uh outlet, our new publication, focus on Western Islamism. And you can find that at the URL islamism.news. and um, we publish almost every day um uh Everything from short news articles to long analytical and investigative pieces discussing Islamism, both in the U.S., but also in Europe and elsewhere around the world.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar. Uh, Thank you, Sam, for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: For our viewers, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day.